It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey. If you need him, it's trouble. Why so, is it trouble? So two is because he's young and he's going to struggle at times. Judd Zolgad. I changed my thought from a half hour ago. You are a bad person. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. And the NFL owners did the right thing if that's what they've done. Because when I think about the core of our country's belief systems, freedom, land of the free, home of the brave, I think forcing people to do things against their will, Matthew Collar. That's what I think. Yeah, it depends on what kind of direction you really want to go with this for this conversation. But well, you're, that, okay, your but, thoughts but, on this. But that right there is just mind-blowing. Like for what America even is in general and what people actually fought for, and what the people that I know who are in the military, who I've had conversations about this because they know what my job is, and what we've talked about, what they fight for and what they sacrifice for, is your ability to say what you want or stand if you want. And North Korea is a country where you have to stand. So it blows my mind to hear that, but I know what that's about. I think what that's about is there are a lot of people out there, a lot of football fans out there who feel that way, and it kind of panders to what they think about players not standing, and it's pretty clear that there's a racial element of this entire thing, that a lot of the players who were deciding to kneel uh, were doing it to protest police violence, which if you saw what happened to the Milwaukee Bucks player, or you just know any black people and ask them about this, I mean, or have just watched the news at any time. I mean, that's the, the frustrating thing about when Mike Zimmer gets asked about it, is he shows no level of understanding what this is about. I mean, I don't think in any way, shape, or form that Mike Zimmer is a racist, but I don't think he understands this issue, which is very much a black issue. But this goes back to the fact that that the owners and the coaches, for the most part, don't care what this is about. They want it to go away. They they think they're solving this, and it's actually now going to to make make it much worse. But they don't they don't think about this and want to talk about it and sit down and say, you know what, this is important to you, so it's important to us. What they say is, what's the bottom line? How's that being affected? That's what the owners say and what the coaches yeah. say is how can I, I avoid distractions and unfortunately for them now they've stepped in it for the record i think there was a way and the nba has shown you this there was a way to take protesting out of the national anthem if the nfl thought all right this is going to sound superficial and this is going to sound we're, like we're not empathetic to the statements that are being made but 
like half of our, our 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 audience in the stadium and on TV is just like not understanding what's happening here, and so like we just in order to protect our audience and protect the the shield, so to speak, and the twelve billion dollar piece of pie, like we just want the national anthem to not have controversy. But can we maybe meet in the middle here? Maybe like the NBA, you stand for the national anthem, or you like no one comes out. It's either it's got to be all or nothing. But we can help you in this way, this way, this way, this way. Spread a message of blank. Was there a, was there something else that could have been done here? I think the answer. I don't know exactly what, but the answer is yes. Because, like Judge just said, if you thought there was a lot of protest in the last couple of years, if they don't change something before the season, get your popcorn ready. I mean, it's very clear that they didn't care about meeting in the middle. They didn't care about what the players thought of this or the players' association. And they also picked a really bad time to roll this out and have this because there's no other big storyline in the NFL, the most popular league in the world, and this was going to take over. It's on our TV on ESPN right now. And it will be all day long Mm -hmm. with them talking about this. Mm -hmm. It just shows a level of tone deafness that's incredible, especially, as you mentioned, that there's a league right over there that is having its NBA Finals and has no controversy with kneeling or sitting for the National Anthem, but they have empowered their players through social activeness, through the way that they even talk to the media, and through their contracts as well. I mean, basketball players... If LeBron James says something or whatever, I mean, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they have to work with him on it because his contract is guaranteed and he guarantees you wins. But even on bad teams, those guys' contracts are mostly guaranteed. With this, it's always been quite clear that the NFL sees players as very much replaceable. Like, you are, we allow you to be here. We allow you to have some of our money to go play this game. And that type of attitude is what has gotten them in this match. Yeah, the, the NBA is much, and, and part of it's because the rosters are smaller and the star players have a lot more influence on ratings. I mean, in the NFL, yes, Tom Brady has an influence in ratings, but, uh, but you, can, you, can, you can change over rosters and, and ratings have still been high. The NBA feels much more like a partnership between the players and the league and to what you guys are saying, the NFL feels a lot more like a dictatorship. Well, the players just get squashed at every single turn. The players get squashed. They they play the most dangerous professional sport that you can probably possibly play, and yet they don't have guaranteed contracts. They get called in and say, if you want to stay here, that's great, and we're cutting your salary by $2 million. And the players accepted that. I mean, this continues to go down the path of until the players decide to stand up and say, no. It's going to continue. And what they what happened in the past couple of days is the owners again saying, we basically control everything and you and we're going to do what, what we want. And the fact, the fact that they didn't very quietly go to the players at some point in time, not during a meeting where, by the way, the media is present. Like the biggest story from this entire week should be the kickoff, right? Like that should have been the story. Yeah. And very quietly, they should have gone to the players and say, okay, this is no, no longer a huge problem, but it's a problem. So let's solve it. Instead, it's a dog and pony show. Right. It's a complete circus. And if they, how had, they operate, if they had just said to the players, how can we meet you in the middle? Yes. If they had said, look, there are a lot of people who are taking the kneeling the wrong way. 
There are a lot of people who are taking it as a disrespect to the country, as a disrespect to the military. And even though that's not what you were getting at, you were trying to send a message about police violence toward minorities. That's what you were trying to say. But the message, your message, didn't exactly come across that way to everyone. How can we work with you in the communities where we are to improve the relationship between police and between black people or accomplish a number of other goals that you might have for social inequality. I mean, they have the money. They built a billion-dollar stadium downtown and then went out to Egan and built another $120 million facility. Mm -hmm. They can work with these players. They can work with these communities, and a lot of them do in many ways. So why not just say, how about more? How about can we take it to the next level here? And Mm -hmm. also... When you guys want to speak out on something, let's work with each other right. to like this issue with the the guy for the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, it's very clear that they the the police went far over the line. And then how many times is it the one guy in Sacramento gets shot in his backyard with a cell phone? I mean, you could go on and on and on if you've seen Fruitvale Station, the movie there. I mean, it just forever. It's a weekly thing. And it's clear that the players finally decided we're going to try to do something about this and starting with Colin Kaepernick, but then on and on. And that seems to me like an opportunity for teams to even look good to their communities. And yet instead, they worried way too much about what the president was going to tweet. And guess what? What did he do? He didn't say, good job, NFL. I'm on your side. He had to take it a step farther and say, yeah, we should send you back to Africa if you do it. And And by the way, this was a guy who the owners themselves, a few years back, wouldn't let in their select club. Yeah, He wanted to buy the Bills, your Bills. And they wouldn't even let him play in their club because they said, we don't want you, we don't like you. But now they're afraid. Another uh, layer to the hypocrisy here, too. I'm on a website right now that's listing... this This is from... Uh, the American Flag Code, as adopted by the National Flag Conference. And there are two sections to this article which summarizes the American Flag Code. One section is the National Anthem. The Flag Code has no rule about standing when the National Anthem is played. Um, But as far as what you're able to do or how you're able to, quote-unquote, disrespect the American flag, there's a long list of things, including using the American flag as a clothing item or using mm-hmm. the American flag. If you have the American flag spread horizontally, there should be nothing underneath it. Right. Um, there's there's all kinds of items that are much more disrespectful to the flag that happen in NFL stadiums on a regular basis. And if you're kneeling in peaceful protest during the national anthem, that is not considered, according to the code, the flag code itself, it's not considered to be disrespectful to and to the flag. It wasn't that long ago either that the NFL had the paid patriotism thing where they were literally taking money from the military. Millions of dollars. Right, millions of dollars to run out these giant flags and to have a bunch of troops go out there and do it. That wasn't disclosed to the 70,000 people in attendance, by the way. Oh, this is sort of an ad. Right, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I don't have a huge problem with that, to be honest. I mean, the military, I mean, they advertise in 
football games all the time. Sure. Do, 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 do right? Like, you know yeah. the, the song that they have, that they're playing. It's fine. Like, yeah, they got to recruit. They have to have people join. I have no problem with that. But if you're going to make it so that's the one definition of how American you are or not, or whether you are appreciative of the military, it's not exactly appreciative to make them pay millions of dollars yeah. to run out a big flag either. So when's the last time that, that this league, this billion-dollar league, got something like this right. The Ray Rice thing, they screwed up beyond belief. Uh-huh. The Peterson thing was the Peterson thing was an issue of how a parent treats his child until the sponsors got mad. And then it was a huge deal. When's the last time that this league took a serious issue and got it right? Thursday night highlighter uniforms. I'll say it. I like them. Okay. Yeah. I liked them. I was curious. I tuned in once in a while just to see what the Packers Ram- look like. What the Rams look yep. look like when it looked like a person had puked all over them. take, I know. Under Roger Goodell, yeah. it feels like it's just been one thing after the next almost every single year. And now, I wonder if it's going to go back the other direction because what you had last year was this big claim, which is not true, that the NFL was falling off because of these players kneeling. And you had all these clowns tweeting, I'll never watch it again, with it on their TV in the background, basically, right? I mean, everything has gone, every rating for every show has gone down because of cord cutting. Yep. That a lot of people have mm-hmm. moved away There's a lot from of reasons cable. why the ratings have declined, yes. Also, a bunch of quarterbacks got hurt last year. There were a lot of bad matchups. And when it came to the Super Bowl, the ratings were just as great as ever. They're making all their billions. So don't claim to me that that, that was a major issue. That's it's also not still like the most about. watched TV show in the world. It's still the NFL right. and soccer in different countries. This, but yeah. this is so much more about the NFL's relationship with the president president for one and then it's also about the nfl stating we are the ones in charge not you and i don't think that that's a good approach to anything and it and it started with goodell when he first got here it was the i'm the warden and if you get caught with weed you're gonna get suspended eight weeks or there's just all this absurdity and it's kind of carried over here and they couldn't have possibly handled this any worse? I would say just, and we can we can get to some football-y football things with but you here. Go real ahead. quick, don't you think that people now? I mean, if you look at Trump and the percentage of the United States who approves of the job that he's doing, now that he's so involved in this issue, like might that also hurt you? Oh, for sure. I, I mean, right? Like football fan, every everyone's a football fan. It's not just football fans in Southern Alabama who are like eh, Trump and they shoot their guns or whatever. I mean, this is like but this all is, of America. But this so is, you're going to lose. I think you're going right, to lose more people but, by doing this. But this is a league that is desperate to be bland. They they want to straddle the fence as much as they possibly can. So their their goal in life is to just have you focus on buying their merchandise, their tickets, watching their, their games, and following your, your team. If they if they could strip the voice boxes out of every player, <laughs> they would. Yeah, but the problem is you can't. I know. And so, and that's what the, and, but that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. And I, and I would just say, while I do understand why the NFL as an entertainment entity is trying to please their football audience as much as possible. They want to please as close to 100% of their football audience as possible. And these protests are putting it because of whether it's ambiguous messages or just fans not understanding or being empathetic to the message that's being put out there. There's a gap. And I would just say in general, when you have millions of Americans being represented by these black football players saying, hey, we got a problem with the way things are operating and we'd like to have a discussion, even if the messaging is clunky, 
it's decidedly un-American to look to those people and say, hey, shut up. Buzz right. off. Right. Yeah. And that's what rubs me the wrong way. I mean, just in general, like it's our whole system. It's how we do everything. Everything is a democracy. And this is quite clear that that's not how the NFL wants it to be. That's why we have a players association in a league in every single major league. So both sides can be represented and negotiate and try to find a place in the middle. It's how it's done at the Minnesota Capitol. Stay right? in it's your how room. It's done. Just it's stay in your locker everywhere. room, Matthew. And, and, this, and this is why this issue particularly is is wild, how it's being presented to the public in, in a lot of ways by political parties and, and by the NFL because to tell people they can't kneel is very un-American. To tell people you can't have a conversation is also extremely un-American. Yeah. So stop saying that you're the most american American side when you're the ones that are really asking people to do something that they might have done in Russia in the, what, 30s, 20s, right? Yes, I amen. Collar hanging out with us from 1500ESPN.com, the Purple Podcast, and Saturday morning sports talk. Let's talk OTAs when we come back here. Mackie and Judd now continue. I thought y'all be more excited than this. On 1500 ESPN. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. It's never too early. You can never mock enough, can you, Matthew Collar? I mean, can you ever mock enough? Can I ever mock? Do you just mock at home constantly? What kind of question is that? Just play that song on a loop throughout your house. I do hum it throughout the day. <laughs> the poor dog. The poor yeah. dog's like, shut up. Well, Dave tracked this one down. The dog jumps in with the background vocals. Mark. <laughs> 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 This one's from Reddit. This one's from the Madden GM community. A true simulation league. Is that the tagline there? You bet it is. <laughs> Are these real when you say that? Do they work at Panera? This is Nate's 2020 mock draft. 2020. Starting with the Miami Dolphins drafting number one and taking Johnny Roca, quarterback from Georgia Southern. Then the Saints drafting Drew Brees' replacement, Jonathan Koch, quarterback from Texas. And a third quarterback off the board to the San Diego Chargers, Whoa. replacing Philip Rivers, Trey Durand from LSU. Mm-hmm. Let's see where they have the Vikings. That's always the most compelling part of this, is where do they think the Vikings will be in 2020? <laughs> don't forget pick number eight, Phil. I don't think you've seen oh. that one yet. Uh, pick number eight is, really? This is <laughs> Barry Barry, a cornerback from Louisville. Barry Barry? To the Cleveland Browns. Oh, yes, his name on. is Barry, B-E-R-R-Y. <laughs> come on, Dave. Barry, B-A-R-R-Y. <laughs> what you got, Dave? Uh, I've got a lot. Come on, Dave. Football I, been very, very good to me. <laughs> I, I think that's a very good pick. I want a mock. And then you the know Vikings. What? I thought that guy would get buried in the draft. But. That's funny. I, a I lot of people wanted to pick him. They just figured, let's just draw straws. Strawberry. Get it. Oh, yep. yeah. Boom. Stick yeah, with right. me. I'm on a deeper mock. level. Oh, that, is, oh, that is high wow. level stuff. Level so, so they have the Vikings Phase actually three. drafting twice what? in the teams. Oh. They've Why? got them drafting. I, I have no idea. They've got at 16. <laughs> Rodriguez Brackenridge, a cornerback from Miami. And then at 19, Dexter Freeney, a tight end from Alabama. I want to mock. Mock. Here's my question. I want to mock. Mock. So this is from a Madden community. Are these real players or are these made up 
through the Madden game. Because when you play year after year with the Madden game, they create all these names, and then they just create player skills, and you draft So them. you're saying Barry Barry might be made up? I'm saying he might be Barry Barry fake. You Collar, hmm? it doesn't matter. This is a true simulation okay, league. Okay, but I... Hold on, so, I'm looking here. Are these people matter. real or not? I, this is like Fight Club. Matter. I don't think like Fight Club. I don't Mock think Club? they're real people. So I don't either. Not, so they're not real. <laughs> I want a mom. <laughs> I want you, mom. Oh my gosh! Amazing. Oh, amazing. From, from the national anthem protest to a mock draft that doesn't even really have real players. But you know what? Th- those players won't do. They won't protest. <laughs> No. These no. fake players won't be allowed to protest. Uh, they will be very, very good teammates. Just stay in the locker room. Hey, Richie Incognito, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, that went quickly from, hey, maybe the Vikings should call. No, they shouldn't. Did that, did, did that surprise you at <laughs> no, all? No, it didn't. Uh, and with the way that he left Buffalo, he's been a spectacular player for them. I mean, he's yeah. been in the Pro Bowl, top 20 pro football focus all three years. And for it to be really weird with a bunch of strange tweets, he was accused of saying something that he shouldn't have said to a Jaguars player. He tried to fire his playoffs. agent on Twitter, correct? Yeah, for correct. the record, like for people who don't, who haven't heard the story in the last day or so, uh, he has been placed on involuntary psych- uh, psychiatric hold after being involved in a gym altercation in which he allegedly threw a dumbbell at a, a dumbbell, a dumbbell at another Percy person. Then, yeah. Yeah, and I think that Richie Incognito has some deep issues to begin with. And if you go through his Wikipedia, you will find every year there's something new. There's yeah. getting thrown off this team in college, getting thrown off that team. Early in his career, he couldn't stick with an NFL team because he was known as such a dirty player. And then he had the Jonathan Martin issue. So he was on strike five by the time he got to the Jonathan Martin thing. And then he comes back with the Bills. At that time, I remember thinking it was a really bad idea. Like, you are playing with fire. And it turned out he got along with a couple of the guys in their offensive line room. And it got him going in the straight and narrow. They gave him a new contract, and he played really well. It turned out to be a big win for them. But it seems like the shelf life was kind of short on that. And now I think his career is over. Anthony Barr not being at OTAs, which he doesn't have to be, means what? Contract, you I can't, think? I can't decide. Well, definitely contract, but does it mean that the like the pens are in hand and it's like okay, I'm not walking out there. Hurt, yeah. I I got every detail almost ready and I'm all set to sign. If I walk out there and Teddy Bridgewater my knee right when I'm about to get this done and we're just working out fine details, I'm going to be upset. Or it could mean, hey guys, I want to get paid more than Eric Hendricks, and you aren't offering more than Eric Hendricks, so I'm just going to try and turn up the heat. I don't know which one of those two things it is. I tend to lean toward they want to sign him. He doesn't want to have a in- stupid injury in OTAs. The one guy for the Chargers had an ACL tear. And when we're out there, Stephon Diggs makes a diving catch on a 50-yard bomb, and it's like... <gasps> Is he okay? Yeah. Okay, he's all right. But, like, that's the last thing in Philly the world. Philly had a guy world. who tore his knee up, too, right? Yeah, and there have been... A couple ro- days there, ago? Yeah, there was a rookie for the Jaguars, too, a few years back, who yep. did it on, like, the first day of OTAs. So if you're a bar and you're just about to sign this contract, you don't want to be uh, out there doing that. Or if you're trying to say, hey, guys, that's not enough money. And he's a player where the Vikings and I would look at it differently. I would look at him as not playing one of the most valuable positions. Even if you think he's a very, very good player, 
you can replace him at a reasonable price, especially when you have Eric Hendricks. And, I mean, let's just say, hypothetically, you signed Eric Hendricks' brother, Michael, is a free agent. He was just on the Eagles and won the Super Bowl. Let's say you signed him to three years, $15 million, and you save 5 to $7 million, which you'd pay for Barr, you probably get about the same player. I think you could do that from an economic standpoint, but I also think the Vikings really love him. I, they do. I, I think, it's a top 10 overall pick. Right. It's one of those, I think there's a Mike Zimmer factor here, almost yep. like a pride factor. Ordinarily, it would maybe be a general manager pride factor, but Mike Zimmer was the one who went to Rick Spielman, whatever, four years ago, and said, hey, I know all the Mel Kuypers have him late late first round, early second round, because I'm sure Mike Zimmer cares about what Mel Kuyper thinks in that <laughs> situation, and said, we can mold this guy perfectly for my defense. And it was so good that first year. And there's that pipe dream of, well, if he can just get back to that level, you're almost paying for the hope that he can get back to that level, right? And he's been pretty good recently, but not great. At the beginning of last year, he had a few games that were dominant. He was great against the Saints. He was unbelievable against the Bears. That was the best game that I had covered and seen him play over the last two years. And then toward the end of the season, it sort of faded. And in the playoffs, it was just downright not good. Uh, but, you know, you're playing the team that won the Super Bowl, so okay, no big deal. But what he brings you, he doesn't bring you sacks. He doesn't bring you elite coverage like Eric Kendricks does, who's super fast and can cover running backs, tight ends. They were one of the best teams in the league, if not the best, against opposing teams' running backs out of the backfield. And that has a lot to do with how good Eric Kendricks is. There are other players who you could have come in and be just pretty good in coverage, or, and not really rush the passer a ton. So unless they're going to change his role to Which have him didn't, rush right? more. Yeah, and I thought they might. I know. We talked but, about that last year. But, but they didn't. Yep. So if he's just going to be that type of guy, unless you're Luke Keekley and you are unbelievable at this, you shouldn't make that much money. And you're going to have really difficult decisions coming up because Trey Waynes, they picked up his fifth-year option, but you could cut him if you want to. And I'm not sure if they're handing out all this money, how they afford that and Daniel Hunter and Stephon Diggs. So there's a lot of balls in the air here, and I don't know which direction it's going to go. I mean, I know which way I would go. I would let him play out this year, and that would be it for me. But I think that they really want to keep him around. It's just, are you going to spend that much on your two linebackers when this league is going much more toward dime packages? That I don't know if that's the best way economically to do it. Yeah. Um, that's an, yeah, it's, it's an interesting conundrum because he's just, if you didn't think that there was... Von Miller upside, which is the name that was being thrown around a few years ago. Um, hey, we got we got another couple minutes here just for fun. What else? What are some other things that uh, I know you and Courtney did a purple podcast in the last day or two? What are some other things that just even from afar you're really interested in? So undrafted guys I know are, are kind of guys to keep an eye on here in the offseason until they all get cut in like, you know. The third preseason game. But what yeah. are you watching here? Uh, we recorded one this morning, okay. and so I'm going to post that when I get home. Uh, so look for that Purple Podcast. Um, it, there's many directions that you could go with that question. Uh, one is certainly Mike Hughes and where he's going to play. First-round draft pick. He was working in the slot. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander was also working in the slot. Terrence Newman was mostly with the second team. So I, I don't know if that actually tells us anything or not. But it will. It does say that Mike Hughes is going to get a chance to win that slot position, and then there, you know, there's other intriguing guys. But I don't think that Brian O'Neill is going to be ready to play in the NFL in his first year. I looked at him yesterday with the same position group next to Riley Reef and next to Mike Remmers, and Riley Reef looks like 
a UFC fighter. I mean, he is just so ripped. He's got these giant shoulders and super muscular. He looks like a left tackle in the NFL. Brian O'Neill is nowhere close. Mm -hmm. And that makes me think that he needs a lot of work and he needs a lot of muscle to put on to even compete for that position. And then Rashad Hill's a fully developed left tackle, too. He's just this super wide, really long arms. He's got the, the perfect tackle body. And that's something we're going to be watching as we go to training camp. So we're going to, you know, have wrap up phase three and then we'll go away for a little phase bit. Phase three and is come it, back. Then, right? What's that? Phase three is it, right? Phase three goes through, through the know. last Are there more phases? camp. I think that's it. Yeah. And then we go to the dark period the, of yeah. July where, right. where we all mm-hmm. take vacations. Right. So enjoy do, ourselves. So do we come back and see that Brian O'Neill has put on 10 pounds of muscle? I mean, it, it seems far fetched. Hey, is Forbath going to actually come to camp? I mean, I've been thinking yeah, that he's, he will. he's going to be caught. So they're going to have a kicking competition? So what Mike Zimmer said yesterday about that was if one guy is way ahead of the other guy, which means if Carlson's way ahead of Forbath, then they'll cut Forbath. Okay. If they are even, or Carlson hasn't really taken a head above him, then they'll, it'll go to training camp, and then they'll battle it out on a daily basis. If I were Kai Forbath, I would have said, why don't you just cut me now? Because my chances of beating out someone that you drafted, this guy would have to be awful. But why does it matter? So, so he's saying that the kicks that they take during OTAs matter more than, like, and Kai Forbath's resume the last five years in the NFL. This this is like if he misses those... two kicks in practice, why does it matter more than what you think of him in the regular season? It's, if it's, you don't think he's good in the regular that season, that question makes too much sense right now. Doesn't make it. It's ridiculous. It's something I don't want to really super dwell on because it's just like a kicker, and I know you do. I do, but I it's, mean, it's the Vikings though. Like, it, it's well, just, you know, either one of them is going to go wide left in the most important <laughs> moment of a big game. It doesn't matter. It's such it really a it's matter. such a bad use of an asset though, because not only. Do you bring in a guy you didn't need, but you also now feel beholden to him because you spent an asset on him. So even if it's an even competition and Forbath has hit 88% of his field goals, including a 52-yarder to put you ahead in a playoff game, even though he's done all that, if it's even, it's got to go to the draft guy because you drafted him. By the way, it's not even ever, though, because Kai Forbath did all those things you're talking about. And this guy made three out of four kicks in the SEC. Go find Collar, Purple Podcast, 1500ESPN.com, and Saturday Sports Talk. Dave, what does questions have for us next? Questions has a little something about Miguel Sano returning to the Twins and Judd's fraudulence. Yes, back to that. Let's talk about Chris Lindahl here for a second. The Chris Lindahl team is helping people overcome cellophobia. Cellophobia, you ask? What is that? Well, I've personally suffered from this before. Uh, it's, a, it's a seller's market problem where you're scared that if your home goes within three days, five days, and if you're working with the Chris Lindahl team, it might go very quickly. Well, where are you going to live in the meantime? Maybe you maybe you haven't perfectly timed it to find that perfect home to move into. Well, if you go online and just search for houses with the standard MLS you know, online searches, well, you're not going to get all the options. The, the truth is there's actually thousands more homes available than you might think when you just go online the old-fashioned way. And the Chris Lindahl team has an exclusive way to tap into that huge market so you can get over that cellophobia and you can time things up much better. That's why Chris Lindahl is America's number one REMAX results team. ChrisLindahl.com, that's Chris with a K, or 763-401-SOLD. 763-401-SOLD. 
Phil Mackey. The thing about Phil is he's he's so temptable. He likes to go the thrill route. That's what makes Phil exciting. Judd Zolgad. Judd, have you wandered away from the house again? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. He's always equipped with three quality questions. He's Dave Harrigan. Here he is. Hi, boys. Hi, Dave. Let's not talk about the national anthem, shall we? Agreed. Let's talk about bombs. (laughs) Spot in the order. All right, here is Beato. Righty on righty with Miguel Sano. Pitch swung on and drilled in the air. Left field and deep. Back is pulling. That ball is gone. We're tied on the solo home run by the Major League rehabbing Miguel Sano. That was yesterday. Let's talk about minor league (laughs) play-by-play. It's gone. Yes. Miguel Sano yesterday (laughs) going deep for the Rochester Red Wings for the second time. During his five-game rehab stint, he's back with the Twins now, reinstated as of this afternoon. Six of 16 at the plate, two home runs, three walks, three strikeouts over that five-game stint, boys. Mm -hmm. What comes first from Miguel Sano from this point onward? Ten home runs or another 10-day DL stint? (laughs) Oh, we're starting from scratch on the 10. Yes. Okay. From this point on, ten bombs. Or a 10-day DL stint. Keep in mind, looking at that highlight, he hasn't lost weight. I yeah, we got we got a tweet we got a tweet that said he looks bigger than ever. What does he look like? Does he just? Uh, What color was the uniform? Because sometimes okay, yeah, that's that's not very slimming. Gray gray is like one of the least slimming colors in fairness. I will. He looked like a rain cloud going around the bases. (laughs) I will answer this question very quickly by saying overcast. A 10-day DL stint is coming up before he hits 10 home runs. I'm very confident of that. He'll be back on the deal. I disagree. He's going to hit some bombs. He might hit 10 bombs by the All-Star ten? break. He'll hit 10 bombs by the All-Star break. Strike Sounds like a write that down for tomorrow. All right. Strike out a lot. Write that down. What is the date today? The May 24th. So he's got a month and a half to hit 10. I'll say he hits 10 more bombs, and I'll make it official tomorrow between now and the All-Star break. But he probably will go on the DL at some point again this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go question number two with Judd's fraudulence. Judd, explain to the people again what you did yesterday. Okay, I had a slip-up. I went to the Twins game after we got done with the show here, since it was an afternoon tilt. And uh, because I got there in the mid-innings, obviously they quit selling beer after the 7th in the stadium itself, but not in the bar portions of the stadium. So I went to uh, Batten Barrel, a place that I've criticized heavily, rightfully so probably, and rightfully so until you went there and enjoyed and several I had beers two, yesterday. And I had two surly hells in Wh- Batten Barrel. Which yesterday. means four, but that's fine. Well, that is technically four, probably, yeah. It's probably four beers technically because they're eleven they're bucks big. a piece, you said? I think they were eleven a piece. I think that's a little tip for the barkeep as well. Oh yeah, at least a dollar per beer. Okay. So a dollar spent, plus the change itself. Let's call it twenty five bucks on two beers at Batten Barrel, a place that you swore you would never drink. This is a thousand percent correct. All right. Question for Judd first. Was it worth it? God help me, yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. God help me, it was worth it. Look how fast he backs down from that. Why? Come, wait, why are you so easily able to admit that you were wrong on this bar take? But when it comes to prying you off any sports take over the past five years, it's utterly impossible. 
Well, I wasn't, like trying you this, off a sports take. This was a moment. The day after the Super Bowl, you failed to admit that you were wrong about Peyton Manning not being good oh, enough to lead the Broncos to a quarter to a pathetic championship. Pathetic watching him float the ball. And through yet, the air. like you, you give in to bat and barrel and come gleefully to the studio the next day and admit oh, how go- wrong no, you were. No, I'm not gleeful. I'm apologetic. <laughs> okay. I am. I am Bill Clinton like. Okay, I'm Bill Clinton like. I realize now that I made a, a mistake, but you know what? I did. I fessed up to you guys immediately. I sent you both texts with. Uh, with a picture of the fact that where I was, I knew that I had. I'm weak. I didn't feel there was shame behind those texts, though. I feel there I'm was. Weak. It was. It was Brett Favre like. You can talk about all the times you went to rehab, but frankly, you're proud of the fact that yeah, you were still able to chuck that pigskin. You're still able to write one, that column. Born one month apart in 1969. Perhaps there's some similarities there. Zolgad wow. colon. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was worth it. Bat and barrel. All right. Well, the other sub question then, mm. considering Judd is making promises and vows to himself and others, frankly, that he willfully broke within a month and a half. What's the weakest your spine has ever been, aside from this, Judd and Phil, uh, as far as making a vow or a promise to someone oh, else man. or yourself oh. that you then broke? Oh, there's so so many all the time. <laughs> a lot of them to myself. I remember. Oh my God, this is so bad. Uh, one time in high school, I had, I had a crush on a girl and we were, it was like friend zone material Mm -hmm. and I had a crush on her and I asked her to one of the dances at homecoming or prom, but then prom. That's a big one. Um, yeah, it was the, yeah, it's, it was prom cause it was, that's why it was a big deal cause it was prom and we were hanging out. Like we we were friends and we hung out and so we were hanging out and I asked her very awkwardly to prom and she said yes and she was very excited and then we were on AOL Instant Messenger so I committed to take her to prom right Mac what again or your uh, Long Ball Twenty One Mac <laughs> I love it Long Ball Twenty One Mac yep so we're on AOL Instant Messenger chatting back and forth. Mm-hmm. About how oh prom's coming up like where should we go to, yeah. to dinner where what should, color should we go to right and in the middle of this conversation she writes something like I'm just so glad that there's no pressure for this to be a date like I'm just glad that I'm just glad that like we're able to go as friends ouch to which I think I let it sit there for about an hour just staring at it seething like no no it's my ticket out. There's only one way to solve it, boys. Back out of the prom commitment. <laughs> oh. Whoa! Oh. Yes. Oh, I don't remember this. Did I you back out on I am, or did you do it in person? Yeah. What happened? I I think it was over I am at some other point. Like I definitely, but I definitely backed out of the prom commitment and just took someone else. To give an excuse? I was mad because no, I was I I was like, wait, what do you mean, just? Just friends. Like, I thought this could maybe lead, you know, I don't know. I We have to go look at the AIM archive to see how awkwardly this conversation progressed. But I definitely got mad. I got really mad that, like, there was no chance for breaking through the friend zone. And instead of just shrugging my shoulders and, oh, okay, whatever. Right. We'll go anyway. Like, no, not going anymore. Yeah. Wow. If you are gutsy, you would have tried to change it middle middle of the night. <laughs> You know, a couple of slow dances, all of a sudden you start getting a little closer. Maybe she thinks, you know, that first kiss might not be such a bad idea. Or Phil. that it's horrible. Ed. Yeah. I like that story, though. Hey, no guts, no glory. Got to go for, for good it. Good for you. Replacement prom dates. That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it.
Um, I don't know. I mean, I've already been, I've already admitted to my <laughs> Your life is an open book. I've already admitted to so many shortcomings on my end. And well, this, just answer this then. How soon are you going back? Oh, home May 29th. Now that I've broken through and gone once, I'll probably early June. So the next homestand basically. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you guys. You realize <laughs> that like you've lost all credibility with listeners. By being oh, so okay vehement about this take and then giving in before the third well, I month still don't of the like season. the fact they changed it, but you know what? I've admitted to my, you know, this is, but this is what's important now. We, we can have a conversation about this. We can now talk about this. I can admit to you that I am a man full of faults. I think we need another poll here on the Mackie and Judd a man t- full Twitter of account. Has Judd lost all credibility? And maybe there's an option in there about Judd never having I was had say, credibility there, to begin your with. Your third one would have to be, <laughs> did he have any to begin with before this bat and barrel incident? Uh, we'll, do a, we'll do a third question after this. Make you do that. It's a break here. But let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for a second here. Uh, a place that would never back out of a commitment. In fact, they're offering up some great partnerships on these SUVs. I'm going to call them partnerships. Like the 2018 RAV4, which you can get into, no money down, no money due at signing, $259 a month on a three-year lease, and you can find out for yourself all the new bells and whistles, the safety features, which are state-of-the-art, the the Entune 3.0 touchscreen, it's an 8-inch touchscreen, which gives you access to all kinds of apps, uh, ability to connect your phone to the dash, and then if that's not quite big enough, if you want something that's a little bit more spacious, even though the RAV4 is very spacious and handles like a Camry or a Corolla, but the Highlander is a little bit bigger, and you can get into a Highlander 0% financing for 60 months right now at my favorite car dealership. It's on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Their website is LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Back with uh, another question from Dave. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. One of the most absurd things you can do in sports media on 1500 ESPN. All right, here is Beato. Righty on righty with Miguel Sano. <laughs> Pitch swung Swallowing on and drilled there. in the air. Left field and deep. Back is pulling. That ball is gone. We're tied on the solo home run by the Major League rehabbing Miguel Sano. Hey, there it is. Rehab. Was there, before we get to question three, Yes. is there like a minor league baseball play-by-play school where you have to go where you have to bend words and bend letters. Hey, it could be a handbook. Rehab. It could be just a book. Do's and don'ts. Do bend every Say word. Hi. Welcome to the ballpark. My, We're gonna Miguel Sano at third base today. Isn't it weird? It's where everybody's just a little bit Brockmeyer. Yep, they all have the same. Yeah, that's that same kind of cadence. Hey, uh, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was funny. And uh, hey. <laughs> Wow, that's super loud. Yeah, there it is. There. Okay, all right. Ouch. Question three. Let's do it. Can't Let's hear. do it. Boston Celtics winning last night, game five in Boston. They are up 3-2 on the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is sort of a chicken or the egg question. There's no real answer, but you're going to have to do your best for me, okay? Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Cavaliers are down in this series, and they might just lose the series because which is more true? LeBron is tired and exhausted, or his teammates just suck. <laughs> That's not too tough. Uh, his teammates suck. I get where you're where you're going with that, but you could you could argue both. You could say that well, if LeBron just played at that 
level every single night that they wouldn't lose the series to the Celtics. I just don't know if you're if you're going every other day and you're playing two way mostly. Like he finds his spots to uh, to walk on the court to get rest, and there's been stories about that. But I don't know how you can ask a guy to go for 40, 10, and 10 on a nightly basis. He's already approaching the most 40-point games in a playoffs. If he gets another series, he's probably going to get another 40-point game or two. He'll probably have another 40-point game or two in this series. There's two games left. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow He'll probably night. break the record, yeah. So I don't know how you can ask a guy or demand that a guy play at that level every single night and not have at least an off night or two. In fact, I'll say what I said three hours ago. There's a good chance he surveys these series and says, okay, we play seven games in 15 days or whatever it is, 16 days. I can't do it all seven games. So I'm going to have to pick five games to do it. And then the other two, I'm not going to mail in, but I'm just going to have to be a little bit more careful with how I expend energy. That's what last night felt like. It was almost like he conceded game five to Boston because, well, they're going to come out firing anyways at home. And then we'll get him in game six at home. And then I'm all in Hercules mode in game seven when it goes back to Boston. They're gonna, the Cavs are going to win the series, I think. But he was conserving last night. It wasn't like exhaustion. It was, I think he was conserving. Uh, it is answer two. It's the team. And it's weird because we, you watch these games and you, you say to yourself, in basketball, I realize it's possible for one guy to basically be dominant and win games. But I think the question becomes, how long can that person do that? And, and when the competition is pretty damn good by this point, it gets to be very tough. So I would say it's the fact that his t- teammates, for the most part, suck. And I would also say that he's observing this now and saying, I can't continue with this. Right? He's saying to himself, all right, I came back here. I got the title. But my God, we, we went from having one bad team that I propped up for half a season, realized that wasn't going to work, and then we got another not good team that I've propped up. He's got to be saying, I'm gone. How bad is the Eastern Conference when you look back and think, oh, that's right, Kevin Love was an all-star this year. Yeah, it's- Wow. I forgot about that. He was an all-star. <laughs> it's, it's bad. It's not as bad as the AL Central, but it's bad. If you rank the 25 best players in the NBA, like 21 of them are from the Western Which Conference. Which is why I think LeBron might want to go west and say, I'll be on a really good team and compete with those guys. Well, he'll go to the team that gives him the best chance to win a championship. Sure. Right? But um, I just I just think that the Houston, the Houston dynamic, if Houston doesn't win, the Houston dynamic is really intriguing. Hey, real quick, off subject, but we were we were on the Richie Incognito thing before. Yeah. A statement just came out. I want to read this to you guys. This is super weird. Unless I'm just seeing this for the first time, but a statement, this is from the police report, uh-huh. as written by one of the officers. I'm just going to read this to you guys. So he went, So he was, uh, he threw a dumbbell at somebody in a gym, and now he's, he's in a psych ward. <laughs> Officer Rosenthal and I met with Incognito in the outdoor pool area. I asked Incognito to tell me what was going on. Incognito stated that he was just training and that, quote, there's a guy walking around with headphones on. I'm running NSA class level three documents through my phone. I can't have anybody in Bluetooth capable uh, in Bluetooth capability of me or taking pictures of me. The officer asked Incognito to tell him about his phone and the government's involvement with his phone, but he said he couldn't talk about it because he was under contract and asked who I was under contract with. When I asked why the government was trying to watch him, Incognito told me I didn't have a high enough clearance. 
It should be noted that Incognito's speech pattern was very erratic, and he would suddenly change the subject matter to something different. Incognito did this the entire time I spoke with him. He also told me he had taken Shroom Tech, an over-the-counter supplement, and showed that his hands were shaking heavily. Incognito would then suddenly jump up and move locations without warning. He denied hitting anyone with tennis balls or the weight sled. When I explained my concerns uh, to Incognito that he was in danger to others, he felt he might injure somebody. He suddenly stood up and asked a woman in the swimming pool to call the FBI. Oh, sure. Yeah. Weird. How not once did he say, I'm working for the government incognito? <laughs> I want a mock! No, ah! not! I'm not sure he had all his faculties very about him, but that would have been very the line. insensitive. Right that would have been the line. I am not. That was that was Dave Harrigan. You know, if Incognito didn't have a background of, you know, questionable behavior, I think people might feel more sympathetic. Good dude. Yeah. But football, right. not bad for you at all. Oh, no, write that no down brain damage. tomorrow.